Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode is actually a long time coming. I wanted to actually do all of the Fear Street films in three weeks, but that didn't happen based on some of the newer releases that came out in theaters. But we are back to Fear Street and depending on when you're listening to this, it's Friday the 13th, which seems appropriate. So let's announce the movie. This is the 2021 Lee Janiak directed Fear Street Part 2, 1978. Fear Street 1978 picks up right where the first one left off. We are left with our survivors, Dina and Josh, along with the possessed Samantha, trying to figure out how they can get Samantha unpossessed. This leads our team to track down the only person to survive, Sarah Fear's Wrath. This allows the film itself to have a little bit of a flashback kind of feeling. I like the fact that it did go back to 1978. Just like where the first Fear Street film captured the 90s pretty well, I feel like Fear Street 1978 really did capture the feeling of the 70s. It has a great soundtrack just like the first film. It really does set the stage and the mood for the overall feel of the movie. We get various songs such as Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. We get some thrown in by Cat Stevens. It was even a nice little touch to include the original David Bowie version of The Man Who Sold the World, along with the Nirvana MTV Unplugged version of the song. I know a lot of people will either say that it's good to include a lot of music in film, and sometimes it's bad. I think some films that actually have really good soundtracks such as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2, those soundtracks are excellent and the scenes really mix well with the songs. That's no different here. Director Lee Janiak did that in the first film and I think she picked a perfect soundtrack here as well. It was even a nice touch to include the character that Sadie Sink plays, who you may know from Stranger Things. Anyway. She plays a character by the name of Ziggy. Of course, that's in relation to Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie. It's little touches like that that I thought were well done. Considering that director Lee Janiak went and took specific care to really capture a feeling or a mood by song or even character name, I think it was a great decision. The first Fear Street film I thought was fun, but it really did feel sanitized outside of one big gore scene in the film. This one here, it goes the complete opposite direction, where I thought the first film you could probably watch that with the family with the proper reservations. This one, not so much. There is quite a bit of bloodshed. There's also some nudity thrown throughout, and to quote Joe Bob Briggs, there's if I'm recalling correctly, two scenes of full-on aardvarking. Amongst all the bloodshed here, we have quite a few scenes where kids get killed. A lot of it's off-scene, but either way, it's still impressive that they included as much death and violence as what they did. The first film really did feel tame to me. This one really does earn its R rating. It's not terrible it's not the worst thing you've ever seen as far as that stuff but it did catch me by surprise considering how the first one felt the more interesting thing about this is that it actually gels really well with the first film i don't know if it's just because we have that link up between the first and second film at the beginning and the end which goes right into where the third one would pick up 
I don't know. But what I do know is it's nice that these were shot with a specific trilogy in mind. I'm assuming that they were all shot at once, which makes it even better. We were guaranteed a trilogy of films. I was kind of mixed with the first one, even though I did enjoy it. It didn't hamper me wanting to not see the second part of it. But really, I had a lot more fun with this one than I did the first part. I think it's mostly because of the feel of the film. It has a very serious yet cheesy lighthearted tone about it. It feels similar to some of the Friday the 13th films, some of the lighter Friday the 13th films. But the difference is, is that this one has a lot more violence and bloodshed than most of those films combined. I am perfectly okay with that. I'm not a gore hound. I don't seek out, oh yeah, this movie's the goriest film. I don't need that in a film. But in a slasher film, it really does enhance my viewing and enjoyment of them. I think everybody knows that a slasher film, if done good, can be a lot of fun. If it's done poorly, then you're probably not going to want to watch it again. I could see myself checking this one out again because I had a blast with it. I'd say that Fear Street Part 2, 1978, goes so far to even rectify some of my complaints with the first film, and that's specifically with the Sheriff character. We get a younger version of him here, and you get a good idea that the events that happened in this film structured who he would become later. I don't know if the character change really works for the character overall, but considering it actually strengthened one of my complaints about the first movie, I'm okay with it. Most of the cast does pretty good here. We get usual teen drama of two kids that used to be friends, now they're not because one went a different direction than the other. We also get the stoners, which is one half of the other friendship there. But anyway, we're with a whole bunch of different cliches that we've seen in a whole bunch of these a killer goes loose in the campgrounds types of films. The thing that separates us a little bit is the demonic possession factor. Sarah Fear was a witch and she's the cause for all of this stuff happening now, both in 1978 as well as in 1994. Just like the first film, we're only given a little bit of that backstory, a little bit of that information. It looks like the third part is actually a full-on answer movie for the Sarah Fear character. The surprising thing in this film is The Bookends. The Bookends features actress Jillian Jacobs, who you may have seen in many other things. It just comes as a surprise because of the nature of this story that's being told in this film. She's not in it very much. Just like how Maya Hawke, who you saw in Stranger Things, was in the first movie, but she was only in the very beginning. It's a similar thing here. It's kind of fun to cast people that we've seen in other things in such a small role, but yet the role is pivotal because it really does set up the rest of the film. My history with the Fear Street books is next to nothing. I've had a few of them throughout my years. I said about this in the first Fear Street 1994 episode. I don't know how much blood and gore was actually in the books. I don't know how much profanity was in there. I don't know if this is a good representation of the books and what was included in the books. What I do know is that these are seemingly lovingly crafted films, and the first one, while was fun, this one was a blast. 
it's actually really surprising to me that R.L. Stein is not involved with this. I would think that the creators, notably Lee Janiak, would have sought R.L. Stein's input on making these. Or maybe they did and they didn't like it and did their own thing. I don't know. Either way, I'm pretty sure R.L. Stein is still going to get kickbacks of some sort from this. I should hope so, anyway. Does this actually do the book series proud? I have no idea. What I can tell you is, this was a fun slasher film, and it definitely does the slasher film genre proud, even if it doesn't break any new ground overall. Where the first film was a loving tribute to 90s horror, this one is a loving tribute to 70s horror. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to create new episodes as well as reach new listeners because I simply love those digital hugs. And if you're enjoying it, why not tell a friend about it? But with that being said, be kind and good night.